Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello there, my beautiful red women. I have a absolute delight in store for you today. I am here to introduce you to an incredible woman that I just had the great fortitude of meeting, and her name is Dr. Nicola Amadora. Hello, darling. Oh, hello, Elaine, and hello, everyone. It is a real joy to be here on the Red Podcast. (laughs) So I have to let you in on a little secret for everyone who's listening, because Nicola and I have had one of those enchanted introductions. So Nicola lives in Portugal. And she is a Magdalena alongside me. And I have a friend who lives in Portugal by the name of Maya. And Maya said to me one day over WhatsApp, you know, Kalila, you really must meet this friend of mine, Dr. Nicola Amadora. She is deeply steeped in the Magdalene path. And just like you is completely fascinated by this, um, this energy of the Magdalene. And I was like, great. Well, then it so happened that another friend of mine, went traveling in Portugal. You're getting the story, right? And happens to be in, I think, Sintra. I don't know if that's where she was, but um, she meets through a mutual friend, Dr. Nicola Amadora, and says to Nicola, (laughs) wow, you really remind me of my friend Kalila. I think the two of you would just love each other. I should introduce you. At which point, I start to giggle because you know how goddess does this, mother does this. She orchestrates these these meetings, these synchronistic meetings. And so, needless to say, Nicola reached out to me. (laughs) We got on a call with one another and started talking and talking and talking and talking. And we're just laughing because not only do we resemble each other physically, (laughs) it's like kind of looking in a mirror, Um, Not only is there that going on, but there is so much in common. And so I said to Nicola, I want to continue this conversation, but we should really record it because we should share this out there in the world. And so I am sure that this is the first of many conversations that I'm going to be having with this incredible woman. Nicola, I'm so delighted that you're here. I am so thrilled that she actually brought us together. And it was just like, it was happening within two weeks, both women I met. I know. I know. Maya was on retreat with me in the Magdalena cave in France. And so 
she kept talking about you and uh, I was like, I want to meet Elaine, you know, I really want to meet you. And it was just clicked and we couldn't stop talking. Remember the first <laughs> I know, I know. Well, so I, there's so many things we could talk about, but for this first conversation, what I would love to just deepen in with you about Nicola is, you know, for those of us who are listening, you, you've probably heard of the Magdalene. Right. We're going to put her in capital letters with neon lights around her, the Magdalene, in terms of being a historical figure, a figure from biblical scripture, this issued, reviled, kind of demonized woman who was kind of, you know, cast out as the prostitute, cast out as the whore. And there's lots we could say about that. But there's also, from my lensing, something else around the Magdalene that is to do with much more of a collective energy, a collective awakening, can we say, or rising of the feminine, the Sophia consciousness. I'd love to hear a little bit from you, because I know we spoke about this when we first met, how you came into the Magdalene, like how she arrived as someone that you needed to pay attention to, or someone who was calling you to this path and who you perceive her to be within your own being like how has she shown up to you and who is she to you because i think many of us have that question is well how do you get to call yourself a magdalena like yeah. what does that even mean and and why would you want to follow that path so i'm i'm wherever you want to begin in that you have such an interesting and fabulous story that um you can just talk for okay. hours i'm sure <laughs> and i will make it very very short so i don't <laughs> We're losing everybody going to sleep, and it's 10 hours later. So I'm yeah, gonna right? make, I make this. These are really important and really good questions that mm -hmm. I feel many are asking. And why is Magdalena suddenly appearing in their lives? Some of the, some of the women who are listening right now might, mm -hmm. you might feel there's this call, and you have never heard of Magdalena. That's how it began for me. And it was like 15 years ago. I had been on a spiritual path already for a century. But when she came one night, um, it was, you know, when you, in that moment when I felt the floorboard was falling out underneath me, the bot I was bottoming out in my life because some dreadful things had happened. And it's that moment where I felt like, okay, now, where is the great mother? Where's God? Where is my, what holds me? What, what is there when all the, all falls apart? Mm -hmm. And it was exactly in that night where I had never heard about Magdalena. She was 20 years ago. Never heard of her. Internet didn't exist at that time, as you may remember. And <laughs> it was the stormy night. It was when I was I was in storm inside, but outside the storms were howling and I was living at that time in California. I don't know if you know Santa Cruz, the Bonito Mountains. And uh, we had this really big, I had this spirit, big spiritual center with this heavy wooden door. I mean, when you close that door, it was shut. So, of course, the storm was raging and I was howling inside. And... That door would never swing open, but for some reason, I put my prayer, I was praying so hard, like, show thy face to me. I need thee now. I need you. Mm. 
And in that moment, that wooden door literally clicked open and swung wide open and two figures walked in. I'm not somebody who is into visions very much. You know, it's like I'm more the down-to-earth kind of girl. Mm. I could feel these luminous figures and I was like, well, who are you? And they introduced themselves and saying, well, we answered your call. Mm. And I'm Joshua and this is Mary Magdalena. And I said, Mary Magdalena? <laughs> I was like, oh, she was the whore, right? <laughs> and she said, like, you could say that. And so I was so much more. And in that moment, I felt she was laying her red mantle around me. And she said, I claim you for my own. I've come for you. My hairs were up all on my body. And I said, I have no idea who you are. Um, she said, well, you, you will find out. I will show you. Um, and I felt so, I felt like a love was wrapping around me that was not just a sweet love. It was a fierce love. Mm. It was a strong love. It was like a love where I could feel somehow this woman has walked through hell and back. Mm. And therefore she could take me through the hell that I was in at that time. And that was the moment where something in me just opened up and I could feel, I want to know her. And she was, she was also very funny. She started, I said, why me? And she said, oh, you will find out that too. And I said, where? Well, go to the libraries. And I'm like, the library, she's like, you're from the Sangre de Real. And I'm like, what is that? She said, write it down. <laughs> I mean, I had studied Latin way long time ago, but I did not know what it meant. It's like, you know, the holy bloodline. So I find out some of the, there was hardly anything existing, but I searched for the Sangre de Real and what it is. And that's when it started to get like really, really fascinating. And the story of Jeshua and Magdalena actually being the beloveds and having children, I mean, more and more started opening up and I was steeped in a mystery suddenly that I could not even, I couldn't tell anybody at that time. Um, and then what came many years later, she, I mean, there's many pieces to it where I learned more and more what this profound path of hers actually is. But the most I experienced was when I went to France and I was called to to visit her to walk the walk, the path that she had walked there. Mm. Again, it made no sense to me. How is a woman from Israel ending up in the southern France? It's like I thought, well, and I'm very suspicious about you know some new age made up stuff. I'm more like I'll check this out for myself, you know, this and. When I ended up in that little chapel, and I think that's the story I told you, that little Mary Magdalena chapel in René de Chateau, <laughs> that was when I met this man in the chapel in a rainy day, and he said, he turned around suddenly to me, introduced his name and said, I'm called by Mary Magdalene to take you to her womb cave. And I was like, 
And who are you? <laughs> and this, and he said, I'm the guardian of the womb cave, of the ancient egg cave, where she initiated her women into, and also the grotto, and where she lived in the southern France. To me, this opened up a whole new world, really. But I had learned as a child, don't go with strangers, right? In a car for three hours. <laughs> like... Right. Go where? <laughs> and but I knew she just was so clear. You must go there. And when I went there, that's when I actually got to know way way more who Mary Magdalena really was, who she is today, how why she's waking up so so many women around the world. Because when I went into that grotto first, you know, where she lived, and then into that ancient egg cave where I also take the women, it was like the transmission was so powerful that I felt I have to stay there three days and three nights in the cave by myself. And the, the cave itself is like, looks like a yoni at the entrance. It's, it's, it's a temple, really, but it's a hidden one. And when I stayed in there, see, I'm, I'm not so much about like learning about through concept. I need to have the experience and then I read about it. But she took me through. She said, the feminine way is completely different than what is generally taught in the spiritual world. It's upside down and inside out. And... I'll show you if you trust and trust your hand to me. And then I went and I stayed in that freezing cold cave over day, three days and three nights. And at the end, I felt like I was completely, completely transformed. And I was, na maybe I shouldn't say this, but maybe I say it. I was naked dancing in that freezing cave because I was sweating with ecstasy. It was rapture. And, but it was the rapture that came after going through the deepest, darkest. And it was the gateway, you know, where the Shakti comes from below. It's not from rising up to the heaven but, and bringing the heaven down. It's about like, as you know, Elaine, it's about coming, rooting down, down, down to that red, um, pulsing life thread and it just pulsed through me and suddenly this took me from the yoni all the way through art and you feel it you know I feel it right now by here and then she said and then comes the crowning and that is the it's not enlightenment for women it's enlightenment she she showed me all the stages and all the teachings and then I found out more about her path, but I could feel, you know, this was someone that I could feel for the first time. I mean, I spent my life with many saints, but this was the first time where I felt like this was a human. She was human. She was real. She walked bar feet through, you know, the most difficult times. She lost her beloved on the cross. I mean, she was the one where I felt like, um, I could most relate to really because she also had a child. I had a child before and she was ostracized. She was an outcast. 
but at the same time she was a woman of tremendous tremendous divinity but embodied divinity and very very real like so human she i heard her once say oh fuck this and i was like well i like you this you feel so grounded to me and yet at the same time i feel like she she laid out a path for women that feels whole that feels healthy that feels deep and high but it feels like in this life in this world she's the one i feel who you meet in the streets of this world the sacred is in this world it's not away from this world and i could feel you know in the forest it's like everything started somehow everything started making sense and fell into place in that moment it was like union the union of human and divine it wasn't anymore like here you're human you're lower self and here's the higher self mm-hmm. but you know, there's the merging mm-hmm. and then and then she laid out a clear path that apparently she has taken women through and um it just got buried for the centuries and now i feel at this time mm-hmm. this is so urgent and so needed because this is the life power that can change the world that can help our children that coming after us and the animals and the land so it's like and I, i when i left that cave i wasn't just a different person i was she stood there and i could feel her she stood there and said bring my women and that's when it began mm-hmm. and i i was like i did not want to belong to the um, magdalena club or to <laughs> I didn't want to do all that and the, oh now we are the rosy you know <laughs> and she she's like that's why I want you to bring the women because this is a different path because it's so buried her teachings mm-hmm. that um, a lot of people also make it up you know and who else was I to say that I didn't make it up so of course I looked into books and researched but i felt like this is real this feels so unbelievably real like nothing else is so real and this parting of the veils and the stages through into the underground to be born again you know these are all these things i feel are you know are at this moment in time i think we need her more and than ever and this path as well Mm-hmm. And when I met you Elaine I felt like fantastic here's another teacher of her way here's another student of her way that I we have we we linked up yeah and we I could feel such a joy because you have these similar experiences in a different context mm-hmm. but it's it's a, it is a confirmation you know mm-hmm. You know one of the things well thank you for sharing the story first and foremost because I think that the piece that stood out when we first started talking Nicola and the piece that I wanted all of the women who are listening to this podcast to to begin to contemplate together is what a path of embodied enlivened 
feminine spirituality really is because we are so used to being taught spirituality through concept or dogma, right? One or the other, like it's an idea philosophically or theologically, or it's a dogma or a doctrine that we're meant to follow without question. Here's the rules. You must follow the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, then you're not going to heaven. I mean, this is really what we've inherited, neither of which are talking anything about what it is to actually embody your spirituality. And one of the things that I've been so, so drawn to over the many, many years of my own journey has been this, this, this line that I heard somewhere deep down inside me, which was, you know, basically it is through our humanity that we awaken our divinity. That's it. That's my favorite line. Not the, not, not that we have to transcend our humanity. It's true. Right, but it's actually through becoming more fully human, which is the term that they use, right? This term anthropos is bandied around in Gnostic texts all over the place. To become fully human. In the East, it's what they called enlightenment. The bodhisattvas or the Buddhas that walked on the earth. But it wasn't about leaving the body. It was about being more fully here. And this is the piece that's been missing thousands of years right so i'd love to i'd love to talk a little bit more about this what does it mean to become more fully human i love this question (laughs) because this is the one that absolutely enthralls me and is the one i contemplate all the time myself so i'd love to hear you talk about what you have come up with around this what is the path of being more fully human yes this this question always walks with and and for me it's like i mean for me it began uh, also with the sense like incarnating into this body you know from the limitless soul into this body and being fully in the body but also it meant like it means like touching literally in order to fully love i mean her path is really about true love too and embodiment and enlightenment i mean you you got the big numbers here, right? The big name. And the for me, it was like, oh my God, it is like the the phases of stripping that I had to go through of um laying down the 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 covers I made about myself, the images. And it went deeper into meeting the deepest wounds that became gateways into even greater embodiment mm. and it, it felt also for me like humus are you know coming the humility of coming into this humbling humbled humanity that's where I wanted to escape from when I started my spiritual path when I was 14 I wanted to get out <laughs> I wanted <laughs> right didn't you? I mean, really, and to to get the message, like, really become more vulnerable, become through your fragility and your, your vulnerability, you find your divinity. And I thought, what the? And it's the, that's where you find the news of the heart, the truth. And I'm like, what you mean? I have to go through my vulnerability in order to find to find the pearl that the, the pearl beyond price in the heart and the truth of love 
And he said, yes, that's a way. Total chills when you say this, because this is where you and I completely connected because, oh, it makes me want to cry. Me too. Truly, it makes me want to cry because when I speak to anybody about feminine leadership or what it means to lead from the feminine, I always have said, like, it comes through the vulnerability and the tenderness of the heart, the willingness to be broken open, the willingness to feel everything, you know, and, and, and to be willing to not just feel it, but lead from that place to hold that place without losing yourself within it. And I really feel like what Magdalene has been attempting to teach me all these years, and I, and I see the mirror in you, sister, and so many other women, mm-hmm. is how do we allow the full expression of our human emotion, which is so beautiful and so vast and so nuanced, right? The feelings that we have and the layers and the levels, how do we let the fullness of that happen whilst also being able to hold the center point that we are not that feeling, but we are the vessel for that feeling to come through, but we do not become lost in it. And I right, that's the teaching. That's the teaching. And there is, there is what I found like, there is enormous life force within, for example, the anger if. I stay really present and let it really move through me, not to act it out, not suppress it, not make a grand story. But when I really stay present in the war and allow that, there's the life force that gets set free. And that's really the liberation piece. I want us to underline that because what you just said is the place is to allow ourselves to be the vessel to have the experience of that feeling, to allow it to change us and to be awakened through us, but to not be lost in it, to not identify with it. And this path is complex for the mind to grok. Yes. In one respect, it's so simple, agnostic. Right, right. It's it's simple, but... The, the truth is always simple. Uh, when you dare, my experience is that when you dare, was the truth? You, oh, of course, right? How could it be? But when you're not connected, it's like, how do I get there? How do I feel that? How do I walk through this? Right. It leave, and we're complex beings. We also, you know, we have all our histories and all our stuff. We're schlepping around all the time. <laughs> I love that word. A caravan of sorrows, <laughs> I call them, and um, and to find in even that caravan of sorrows we walk around with is the caravan of gold. If we if if we turn towards it in a different way, and that different way is through the the way of her, it's through the feminine way. It's it's literally walking through and touching all of it with. This, oh, the breath, the 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 presence, and that open, broken, open heart. It just like yes, this too, this too. Oh yes, sweetheart, this too. Mm. And then there's this life force that gets liberated. And for me, that's the holy. You know, it's that's so and that's beautiful. You know, I feel like that one pearl we could unpack. 
and perhaps you know we 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 will do this. I'm feeling that Nicola and I will have a number of conversations that we're going to do as episodes because I know um, there's a lot for us to talk about. But the the pearl of that vulnerability and mm. what that really is, because our human journey is so vulnerable um, when we you know when we're really real. Yeah. We are nestled up between life and death always and the preciousness of this life. And I often hear it spoken, um, you know, we had a whole conversation before we came online about, you know, the between the veils and those who've already passed over. And um, I often hear it said that, you know, when we get, get to pass out of this body into the eternal soul self or however you want to see that between the realms no longer in form, that one of the things is, is that you can't have the range of human emotion because you're no longer in the human vessel. And that part of the beauty of being here is the very thing that most of us struggle with, which is the intensity of what it is to be human, to master this emotional, primal experience that's so powerful that can really throw us. And I know for me in this lifetime, I've been a very emotional person and I've had to really work with my emotions. You know, I had emotions that would throw me under the bus, that would have me react and fly off the handle. I had so much anger and I was always called that, you know, typical redhead, you know, like with the fiery temper and the tempestuous nature and the passion and, uh, you know, and I felt like I was born into this wild, like Mustang, wild horse, uh -huh. you know, like that would just was so sensitive and so, so wired this way. And my entire 54 years of being here so far has been a journey of learning how to, how to live in the drama of that intensity of emotion and to hold my center and to be able to not react, but be with it all and I feel like this is the path of the feminine that has gotten so judged and and misunderstood yeah you know and and at worst has been abused and reviled and 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 put into asylums and you, you know all the things that have happened to the ecstatic feminine when she's really in her ecstasis and I think about you naked in that cave dancing in your ecstasy and how from the outside that can seem, it seem like madness. Like what is this crazy woman doing, right? And how the feminine has been seen that way when we, when we plug into the ecstatic channel. How scary it is for us to reclaim that because there's, like you said, there's not a lot around this. Because it's also, it's not about it's exactly when you say it, there's not enough teaching around this. It's also on the spiritual path where it's like, then it's either like, oh, go into total self expression, tell everybody whatever you want to say. And, but that's not what it's about either. It's, and it's, it's also not about like stuffing it down. And I find like I'm not always in ecstasy either. Sometimes. <laughs> You know, sometimes I'm like at the bottom of the well, but that if what you said, you know, to come back into the center, but more so that this this is the different many different colors of her of her expression. Or when you when I experienced loss, I'm like I thought 
well, in my naivety at the beginning of my spiritual path, I thought I will never, will will go beyond all this. Yes. But she, she dunked me in and said, no, all the way through. That's the sentence. All the way through. Now experience loss. And only because when I walked all the way through, then it's stuck in it. That's when it broke my heart even wider open and I came to know a greater love. And that greater love is what she lived and embodied in this world. And this is, I think, is our saving grace if we bring that love forward. That's. But if I hadn't, if I walk not through the loss or the all the things we so want to avoid, yeah. <laughs> Nobody have this, but that's the that's the way to become fully human, and that's where the pearl is embodied in this life. Mm. Mm. And so I think these are the gateways, you know. These are the holy holy ways, mm. and unfortunately, it was hidden. And then the women, like you said, were called crazy and yeah so reviled and, and and we were taught to be scared of it and we were taught that it was evil and this is the thing that we're still undoing is is that we were taught it was sinful evil demonic deranged that we were going to hell, right and that we we needed to to to, to transcend it that that was what it was yep. that it was only through transcending our humanity that we would go to heaven and this has been so deeply wired inside of us. Yes. For us to remember that we are here in a human body for a reason, that we're here because whatever version of that reality, but the one that I hold, that we chose to come here, that we have chosen this experience, which doesn't mean, by the way, that you should experience the traumas or that you deserve them. There's this very no. big confusion. Oh, that's that's not, no, 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 right. no. It's not that bypassing piece mm -hmm. that we can kind of get really stuck with that somehow, oh, well, I deserve to have these bad experiences. No, 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 no. It, it's really not that. It's that we are here in, in a choice of what we do with the experience. That's what I always, thank you for saying that. That's exactly what I always say. You know, because it's that's not, really it, right? You haven't chosen your trauma. It's like, it's more like, you, yes, what you do with that. That's your choice, but the rest, you know, there's there's so much so much misconstrued, and then people, the women in particular, feel even more shame and feel That's even right. more. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, my darling, I want to wrap us up for today because I yes. like to keep these a little bit short. But I am going to have Nicola come back because I that this is just the tip of the iceberg. In fact, we could probably do a whole series of podcasts <laughs> just on this way. And I am so overjoyed to get to actually talk to somebody else that it's like um it's so beautiful to be in a frequency match with somebody whereby everything you're saying is just elucidating more of what I have received. And, you know, it's so beautiful to have that. It's like a confirmation <laughs> of like, oh, you hear that too. Oh, you got that too. Great. Okay. I'm not all alone out here. It feels, for me, it fills me with such joy, such joy. And I'm, and I'm also so uh, honored that we share this on this podcast. And I know and there's so much more. 
so much yeah, yeah, I was thinking you know, <laughs> of all the women feel the goosebumps or the, the truth bumps <laughs> and the tickles. Yeah. yeah. So the question I'll leave you all with today, my loves, is just the question of if you look at your own life and you ask the question to yourself, what have been the experiences in your own life that have awakened love in your heart? And I bet you'll find that many of those experiences were joyful and blissful and amazing, and many of them were deeply painful. And I bet you'll discover that both, all of these experiences have the capacity to awaken love in our hearts. And so I'll leave you with that contemplation in a dot, dot, dot ellipsis for now. And we'll, we'll, we'll continue this journey of the discussion of what it really is for the feminine to step into leadership, because this is the deeper story that the Magdalene's here with, is wow. what does it look like for us to step back into leadership in every aspect of our world where we've been missing for a really long time. So it's time. That, it's time. Um, sending you so much love and from me too. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Love you, sister. <laughs> Thank Bye you. For now. Bye for now. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. Mm-hmm.